With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Front Porch Political Talk Show with your host, Hatton Humphrey, bringing you thoughtful comments on the news of the day, as well as lessons from the past and insights into things to come. We offer our comments and invite you to add your own. Good evening, everyone. It is Sunday, December 4th, 2016. This is the Front Porch Political Talk Show. My name is Hatton Humphrey, and I thank everybody for listening in. Our show is produced through TalkShoe, which provides two ways to be a part of the call. You can either dial in area code 724-444-7444. Um, you can also join us on the web-based text chat at TalkShoe.com slash TC slash 75570. Uh, if you are listening in Second Life, you're doing so at Shores Cave, which uh, is our new home on Second Life. Um, you can also listen uh, on Red State Talk Radio or on the Lanterns Radio Network over at lanterns.buzz. Uh, both of those networks have an amazing array of uh, conservative and Republican and political type podcasts and radio shows uh, for your listening enjoyment. Um, you can also listen to us on iTunes, your favorite podcast player, uh, Stitcher.com, or a few other places. And if you're listening on any of those delayed uh, options, then send comments to uh, to conservativepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, be sure to check out the Facebook page. Um, we, we had a good long break uh, from before Thanksgiving, actually the week before Thanksgiving, um, to today, and I took some time to really start working on getting more content on the Facebook page, including new videos. Um, so that's where videos are going to go. I'm not going to be doing the YouTube channel. I've got to update the website for that. Speaking of the website, the website is frontporchtalk.net. Uh, there you can find out all of the links to the audio, to the articles that we're going to be discussing, as well as all of the past episodes of this show and all of the episodes of the East Coast Conservative Podcast. Um, so it's, it's, it's been... Oh, it's been well, technically three weeks, I guess, um, since our last uh, meeting, and a lot has gone on. And it's it's been a lot has been has gone on. A lot's been talked about. Um, you know, whether we look at the um, cabinet level appointments by the Trump administration, or the passing of Fidel Castro, or you know the North Dakota pipeline, which is still going on, or or, 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 or. There's all this stuff going on. Um, and tonight, I really wanted to look at some of the exceptions to the rules. Um, you know, we're, we're looking, you know, at, at a president-elect who has made part of his campaign promise, you know, returning the concept of American exceptionalism and, um, you know, to use his campaign quote, making America great again. Um, 
but it seems like there's a lot to recover from and that is where we're where we're going to start um uh it's interesting um one of the articles you know the 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 opening article for this week um is is from the atlantic and it it basically points out something that i know as a realist as someone who's been exposed to washington dc politics um many of trump's own supporters don't think he'll fix america um and and i think that's a bit more pessimistic than reality will prove to be um but to think that he is going to be able to fulfill all of his campaign promises in the first hundred days regardless of what he says he's going to try to do um is is exceedingly unrealistic and part of the reason that that's unrealistic in my opinion is because of the concept of how our constitutional representative republic works and i'm going to say those three words again and they're very important words because the media ignores them constitutional representative republic we do not live in a true, pure democracy. Never have. And, and, I, and I'm not saying anything con, you know, controversial. I'm not saying anything that's going to have you know, Chuck and his buddies coming after me. That is the form of government that we have. Um, we have a federal government with three co-equal branches and a president-elect that is... That up until everybody started playing nice, wasn't liked by the leadership of the the Congress or the opposition leadership of the Congress. Um, so it's it's going to be a it's going to be honestly a lot of fodder for shows like ours. Um, you know, he is Donald. I, go ahead, go ahead, Larry. We gotta we gotta realize that America has been on on a weak leadership bender uh, since after the Reagan presidency. We our, the presidents that we've had recently have been weak in character, or they've been weak in principles, or or just weak in intellect. And frankly, some of them I'm not going to name any names may have had more than one weakness. Uh, maybe all of them. Mm-hmm. It is going to take a very long time to recover from the hangover from that bender. And one, and one way to look at the rest of the articles in your list tonight is that every one of those articles speaks about some manifestation of a world-class hangover that was caused by a quarter century of that lousy leadership. Mm-hmm. And, and Trump, if he keeps all of his promises... At the end of his eight years, he's going to have barely made a good start on curing the hangover. So I, I, I sort of disagree with what you're saying. I, th- I think he can keep his promises, and if he does, it, the job is not going to be nearly finished when he's finished. Well, and, I mean, and he's the, already let, backed you know, off on some of his promises. I mean, when you when you look at, at at a number of the things, um, 
he's he's already started to back off on some of his promises. Um, you know, let's let's look at one of the big ones right near the end of the campaign, where he said, "When I'm elected president, I am going to um, I'm going to prosecute Hillary Clinton," and he's already said that's not going to happen. You know. You, t- you talk about the immigration stuff. I think that's not going to happen because he's going to let Congress call for a, a special prosecutor. Well, Congress had anyway. Congress had two chances to call for a special prosecutor, and they never did. And the leadership of the House and the minority leadership of the House and Senate have not changed. You know, there's the only true leadership position that has changed here is the office of the president. And, and that's a, that's another reason why you know I, I say within the bounds of, of realism. Now, some people think I'm wrong. Um, I, I recorded a video on this the other day. My One of my coworkers says, no, because Donald Trump, you know, Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan stood on, stood on TV and said that that Donald Trump would not be elected president and the people spoke and Donald Trump was elected president and the people are going to, and the people are, no, they're not. We've passed the election point. The, the massive interest in politics and, and you can look at the listenership of this show. You can look at the numbers of any political show. They start going downhill almost immediately following the result the inauguration there is this euphoric high and I, I predict i predict that like everybody else has been since over the past two years those people who say trump's going to wind up failing and falling short from all of his promises are going to be as wrong as all of the people who said Trump couldn't be president, as all of those people who said he couldn't get the nomination. I, I remain optimistic that he's going, going to surprise us again, and probably again after that. It's, well, we have to look at one thing. We have to look at the fact that we have had a left-wing media controlling our way of thinking for the last 10 years. And when you break down the people that Trump has said he will nominate for certain cabinet positions, it goes against everything we thought a Trump administration would be. Just the fact you have Jeff Sessions of Alabama <coughs> as the Secretary of... Attorney Trump. General. Uh, yeah, Attorney, yeah, General. Attorney General, Secretary General. Anyway. <laughs> Big difference there, Joseph. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You, 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 never mind. I'm picking on you. You, Yeah, but Department of Justice, Secretary General, whatever you want to see it. But there's the fact that he has been put forth as a nominee for that position. You have a different ball game than what you had in October or once the election was over. Okay. He's, he's, He's continuing to defy predictions. And expectations. Exactly. And I think he's going to continue defying those things. And he's going to, you know, everybody's saying, well, he can't really drain the swamp. I mean, he can't really do this. He can't really appeal Obamacare. He can't really build a wall. He can't really do this. He can't, you know. 
and, and it, it's the same song let that me, the people have been singing about him for eighteen months. Let me add. Let me add a piece of clarification, and I'm, I'm going to bring in my own personal signature from my from my email from my personal email. My signature on the email says, "When you're ankle deep in alligators, it's hard to remember that your job was to drain the swamp." And I've had that signature since before Donald Trump announced that that he was going to, since he started using that catchphrase of drain the swamp. I'm not saying he's not going to try. And, and, and in some cases, I'm saying, I, from what I've already seen, he's going to change things. He, he's going to change his stance on things, because he already has. Um, but I'm saying that we're no longer voting for the individual. We now have the Congress involved and the courts involved. So that that changes things. I'm not saying he's not going to try. And he may well succeed at more than any of us are giving him credit for. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that... He's going he's to name three Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. And he's, th- that's going to happen sooner than later. Well, I because... have a question to you. If you want to drain the swamp, don't you want people who understand how deep the swamp really is? Of course. And when you look at, when you look at the people he has been nominating, yes, they are the establishment types. They know how deep the swamp is. Except, except I will, I will tell you this. I, I almost, if it were physically possible, I would have done cartwheels when I heard who he named, who he was looking at for SecDef. Oh, I have a. I, I fell in love with that choice. <laughs> so the, the the opening article, like I said, is is it's it's talking about about where, at least according to this this author on the Atlantic, uh, is is saying people are with regards to Donald Trump. You know, they're fairly cynical. Uh, yes, they may be hopeful, but if you ask them what they really expect, they're pretty fatalistic about it, about it, even though they're voting for all kinds of change. Um, you know, I and and I find it ironic because Obama ran as a hope and change candidate. He ran as the candidate that was going to change America, and that's I mean his slogan was hope and change. Um, and we all asked for extra. Let me change share back. some irony with you. Mm-hmm. He he ran as hope and change, and everybody bought into his music, and he didn't do any of it. Now, the current president elect. Yeah, see, I disagree has, with you. Has he run did, as a swamp drainer, and nobody has bought into it, including the people who voted for him. So maybe, maybe there's hope for this guy because we sure got led down the garden path by Obama. None of what he promised came to be true, and we ate it all. Now, and see, here's where I disagree with you. He was able to affect the change that he wanted to affect. It wasn't the change that the American people, people wanted or expected. But, you know, that's, I think that's something different. Well, the best part uh, about Obama is his daddy got off during his inception. That was about it. That because was helpful. When you, <clears throat> when you look at the country as a whole over the last eight years, we have never been more divided as a people since probably the Civil War, not only economically, but 
socially. Two American classics temporarily pulled from school bookshelves in Accomack County. The result, according to the superintendent, protesting a duly elected president. Well, and there's still there, there are still motions being made, um, and and not legal ones, but um, but petitions and things like that. You know what? But for the most part, it's going to take a few years to clean up the mess that Obama has made, because he is an Alinsky out. He is a socialist. He is the worst thing that America has put into the White House. And it isn't because of the color of his skin, rather the ideology that he brought into the presidency. No, it was still Woodrow Wilson. No, he takes Woodrow Wilson's ideas and magnifies them. Woodrow Wilson could, could not have dreamed of the division in this country. No, Woodrow Wilson pretty much set us on this, well... I won't say I won't say he was the only one that set us on this track, but he definitely no, took no. the switch. Woodrow Wilson, Roosevelt, LBJ, Carter. There's a host of that that set us on this path, but Barack Obama was able to solidify that path. And what you have in this country right now, we are very close to teetering towards socialism. It took a person like Donald J. Trump to offset that chickens well let's 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 look at some of these um exceptions let's let, let's talk about some of these articles um because we've we've entered into you know this this twilight zone of safe spaces meets protests meets riots which is which is a really weird conundrum because they're all three coming from the left um you know the the fact that we have um i've always been miffed about the fact that i can't you know nobody knows what i'm talking about when i mention the movie song of the south because it was banned um but a school in um, or a school district, uh, Accomack County School District, uh, which is in Virginia, pulled To Kill a Mockingbird and The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn because of their use of racial slurs. Uh, it's not the first time. It's not, but it irritates me every time it happens. Yep. I remember Song of the South. It was a great movie. Yeah. I read I read to Kill a Mockingbird my senior year of high school. I also read The Adventures of Huck Finn. And if you want to have an understanding of what the South was like post-Civil War and up until the present, those are three great media resources. I mean, references. resources you need to look at. Yeah. Now, the South has changed since then. And I will venture to say that the South is more diverse than any other part of the country. But, you know, they are still slices of history that were crafted by people who are a lot closer to the real events than we are. Right. 
I mean, I would agree. Huckleberry Mark Finn Twain. was written by a guy who lived there. Yeah, Mark Twain and, and to Kill a Mockingbird was written by uh, somebody who was intimately familiar with with the world at that time and that place. And so, I mean, their take on what was happening is far more useful from a historical accuracy than somebody's dreaming today about how it must have been 200 years ago. It's, I mean, it, the, in the old days we studied history so that we could prepare ourselves to work on our futures better. The books were historical fiction that they're, they were designed to unmask some of our historical failings and frankly those failings were especially true in our civil rights and so forth today the people want to suppress every historical move to begin righting those wrongs so that they can write their own current efforts and follow their own written plans according to their schedule because they want only what they do now to be viewed as good the fact that somebody wrote a book back back in the 1800s criticizing in in a, in a kind of a uh, humorous way the South and 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 some folks' way of life, uh, and, and the same with the Kill a Mockingbird, offends them because they want the, the the narrative that nobody ever did a good thing until Black Lives Matter came along. Well, and and, and this one. They, they, the reason that the uh, superintendent pointed out um, is because um, a racial slur appears 219 yeah. times in The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn and 48 times in To Kill a Mockingbird. Well, the goddamn fool should go, go on and walk the street to South Chicago and he'd hit those numbers from one corner to the next. True. What the superintendent doesn't realize is, in in Kill a Mockingbird, the guy who was called the N-word so many times was a hero. The guy who was called the N-word so many times in The Adventures of Huck Finn was a hero. In some of the South, the guy who was not white was the hero. Right. In all three elements, the guy who wasn't white was the hero. Well, do you know why... So, do, do, Song of the South was banned, and the reason that it was, at least when I when I looked as, as, up as to why it was, it was banned because it had quote a positive portrayal of slavery in the American South. How dare the how dare the black slave characters be portrayed as having any semblance of happiness or culture? Or anything that oh. wasn't trying to escape. Well, as someone, who, as someone who grew up in the South and has numerous friends. No, it, it, it's not even a matter of, of, oh, I've got black friends. No, it's, it's a matter of people looking at material that was written prior to what they consider, as, as Larry, as you said, prior to the civil rights movement, prior to, you know, emancipation, and, and and looking at it and saying, oh, that was anything before that, it has to be bad. It must be portrayed in a bad light, in, in a negative light, otherwise it's not real. Well, you're getting judgments by people who live above the Mason-Dixon line. And I will tell you this, the culture of the South 
is one of slave and slave owners. Those people became a melting pot of the South. So cultures of both slave and owners meld into one. Southern culture as a whole is because of our past sins. You don't have a Southern culture without that sin. What Southern culture is, is the two groups of people who have come together and formed one cohesive neighborhood. So you will have blacks on one street and whites on the same street, and they will get together, they will have a big old block party, and they may raise the Confederate flag because that's their flag. Well, and, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that the white guy's racist and the black guy wants to be emancipated. It means Southern culture is what it is. And the people who are judging Southern culture do not live in that culture. Well, no. I will tell you this. The South is probably the most diverse part of America because blacks and whites have lived together the last 150 years. And I will not have a problem calling someone of a different skin color my brother. Yeah. Well, trying to figure out the best way to segue to the next article, and I'm just going to do it. Um, because I, I, I think this, the, the, the whole banning of books, that's one of the things that just drives me crazy. Okay, if a if a parent they're, has they're a, not banning if, a book, they're they're trying to erase a a particular narrative, and they don't care if it's in books or in public speeches or or uh, prayer. In any of those circumstances, if the if what's being put forth is different than what they want us to believe. They try to silence it. They try to erase it and then deny that it ever happened. So it's, it goes much deeper and is much more profoundly threatening than mere books. True. True. I like books, too, by the way. By the way, um, Charlize in Second Life points out that her, her sister is a liberal lawyer, and she says that the most racist, racist movie of all times is Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Uh, it's probably just the most dorky movie of yeah. all time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that movie. Uh, I don't like Mel Yeah, you're lost. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. Let's go. Let's move on. Let's talk about the sheriff's department refusal. Yes. So, um, speaking of the sheriff, um, <laughs> the Department of Justice issued a fine to the Denver Sheriff's Department after a federal investigation found it incorrectly listed being a U.S. citizen as a job requirement during a major hiring spree. From January to March 2015, the police department, which is the largest sheriff's department in Colorado, went on a recruitment drive hiring more than 200 deputies in the, to the team, but only U.S. citizens were able to apply, which the Department of Justice ruled as unlawful. Um, Justice Department's... The, the tweet from... Uh, the Justice Department reads, um, settled immigration-related discrimination claim against the Denver Sheriff's Department. Along with a $100,000 fine, the department will also have to re-examine all job applications in the last two years and identify immigrants who applied for roles but were excluded because of their status. 
Um, in a statement, the Justice Department said the police department discriminated based on citizen, citizenship status and violated the Immigration and Nationality Act. You know, that, I, I don't think your immigration status is one of the protected things. There's a, they keep adding to the list. Mm-hmm. That you know you can't discriminate against people because of age or uh, nationality or ancestry, but your immig- immigration status was never on that list. Now they've added L, L and then G and then B and then T and well, Q, R and S. They have added immigration status. They have. When did they do that? Uh, that's what the Immigration and Nationality Act is. Um, under the Act, citizenship, immigration status, and national origin cannot be used in discriminating against individuals in relation to hiring, firing, or recruitment. All employers are obliged to equally treat those who are non-citizens but have valid work permits unless state, local, or federal law specifically requires certain jobs to only be open to U.S. citizens. I remember in fifth grade when I learned the preamble, the preamble to the Constitution. It says, "We the people of the United States, not we the potential people, we the undocumented people, we the um, people who stuck under the border." It doesn't yeah, they were talking about the people physically located in the United States because at the time there was no concept of a U.S. citizen. Yeah, but that transcends what has happened over the last two. Well, you you can't you can't go you can't go appealing to the preamble of the Constitution yes, and conveniently. That is the Supreme Court of the land. That is the supreme law of the land. And when the well, law actually says, the preamble isn't a law at all. But the other thing that I was going to say is you can't you can't appeal to it and then just ignore the facts as they were when it was passed. Okay, you want Joe Blow Hernandez from Mexico, who just crossed the border, to be stopping you in in Colorado because you ran through a red light? Now, he doesn't uh, know English, but he understands Mexican traffic laws. Do you really want to get a ticket from him? The fact that he doesn't understand English would be a valid reason not to hire him. Yes. Exactly. That now, doesn't if, have anything to do with citizenship. Well, citizenship means that you're able to work in the... Citizenship people. doesn't have anything to do with what language you know. But citizenship has everything to do with civil employment. Most police officers are under the guise of civil employment. So the, the, the word civil means that you're part of the civilization, meaning the country or the state or what have you, under the laws you intend to enforce. So if Mr. Hernandez just crossed the border from Mexico, even though he was a great cop in Guatemala... Listen, okay, all right, all right. Joseph, I'm going to stop you here. Only because we're we're veering a little bit off the path here. The the point of the article... I'm sorry. I was I was I was reading some of the comments in Second Life and Talk Show. Thanks, Larry. Um, <laughs> the, it's too much fun. Oh, I know it is. The the, yeah, the, yeah. the, the point of the matter is is that 
there you know we've got you know as as you've said larry the the definition of discrimination has been expanded and expanded and expanded and expanded and expanded now should the should a the position of sheriff's deputy which is you know technically the job title that we're talking about here be restricted for those that have us citizenship versus those that hold a green card that's that that's really um what the department of justice came down you know on, on the on the side of green green card holders saying that they had to actually you know that the denver sheriff's department had to remove that remove that citizenship requirement and and apparently they're going along with it and probably because the uh the, the cookies the, the cookies were freshly well, baked um in more ways than one i think there's, there's one other aspect to bear in mind and that is that i while i don't know for certain i'd be willing to bet that the def- the denver police department receives quite a lot of federal money and that federal money will always have strings attached, and one of those strings may very well have been this. Yeah, and and, and you know, let me let me just clarify something for a comment that came across in second in talks. You, it's it, they weren't saying no, you know, undocumented or illegal aliens. They're saying people that are here with a green card, people that are that are in the country legally. So. Just that point of clarification. The DOJ wasn't coming down and saying that you have to hire anybody that that that, that was a good swimmer. Um, so that's that, that's that's slightly different um, look on things. However, um, it, I'm going to shift to the next article here. You know, to to point out that um, when we talk about being qualified for things, apparently um, a severe case of being dead doesn't disqualify you from collecting benefits um again this is nothing new this is nothing new it's nothing new and and as larry said at the at the top of the show we've got you know we've got a systematic breakdown and a systematic set of exceptions to the rule that um that need to be brought to light that need to be addressed that need to be answered and and this is another one of those um, systematic points. Uh, a Florida man has been sent to the slammer for pretending to be his dead brother, a former auditor for New York State, so he could collect $180,000 of his pension benefits over seven years. Officials said Martin uh, Peshawar of Queens died on July 9, 2008, but the state kept sending his retirement checks to Florida where his brother, Robert, 71, controlled his accounts. When officials finally learned in October of 2015 the former auditor had passed away, the checks were stopped. Um, so, and apparently the brother was reportedly quite incensed over the state, cruelly cutting off his siblings' checks, and even called up to complain. <laughs> that's that's where stupid is as stupid does. Um, yeah. You know, it, like you said, they, they, this is nothing new. Um, it, it, it reminds me of a case I heard about in Japan where, I mean, you'll have people that are doing this for literally decades mm-hmm. where the parent will be dead for 30 years and they'll keep getting checks. And the, the wrinkle there is that, yeah, the government would occasionally send someone over to the house to say, 
uh, we'd like to know how how so so and so is doing, and the family members will be like, eh, they don't feel too well today. Uh, come back tomorrow, and the government person will just go away because it would be rude to insist. Right, and and come back next year. When, if at all, whereupon they will get the same answer every time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry. She's a hundred and hundred and twenty years old now. She's um. She's she's really really moving slow. She'll be to the door next year. <laughs> Sorry. So so like I said, they, this is another you know instance of this is nothing new, um, and and you know it's also not something that is um, is unique. Um, Charlie's you know points out that. Um, one of the one of the tax scams that's been going on lately, and it does involve illegals, um, is is uh, the theft of personal information to file fraudulent tax claims. Um, getting you know, what what did the numbers say? Two point three million. Yeah, two point three million dollars in tax returns, all going to one address. And the IRS doesn't check it because it all goes electronically and all the numbers balance and there's not enough there to flag until somebody actually looks at the at the delivery list and goes, wait a minute, those are all going to the same address. Oh. So, you know, this all of these exceptions are, are pushed by, you know, in some cases well meaning situations in some cases deranged in some cases people taking advantage of the system one of the um one of the state level mandates or state level systems i don't even know how to describe this um that has been voted in by the people uh is physician assisted suicide and our next article is not in the U.S. Um, this is actually um, in the Netherlands, and it, it is kind of a an eye opener to to show where the the concept of physician assisted suicide could go uh, in the U.S. because it has gone there in the Netherlands, which has had um, oh and. It, it, Correction, real quick before I get there, it's forty-six million dollars in those tax returns, which which may make physician-assisted suicide something that somebody wants. But um, the the normal physician-assisted suicide is someone that is in such chronic pain and suffering from a terminal illness wants to, and this is the phrase that is used, die with dignity. And I'm not going to get into, and I and I don't want to go down the tangent of should the state allow death with dignity. That's that that's not the conversation I want to get into. But I want to bring it to the level of this article, and that is a man in the Netherlands who was allowed to be euthanized after claiming he could no longer live with his alcohol addiction. Um, he had battled the disease for eight years, underwent 21 combined hospital and rehab stents. Uh, he came to his family with, a sh- with the shocking news that he wanted to end his time on Earth, saying, this is no life. 
Uh, it was a decision which his brother, Michael said, was taken with a grain of salt by the family, noting that euthanasia was for people with cancer, people for whom death was already imminent. Euthanasia was certainly not for alcoholics. But Mark pressed on with his plan, and his request was eventually approved by a doctor from the support and consultation on euthanasia. Once approved, uh, the, the man was visited by a doctor who suggested dates for the euthanasia to take place. Um, he decided that July 14th was a nice day to die, and um, he went on to describe... A, the the brother went on to describe the atmosphere of his brother's final day, noting that he laughed, drank, smoked, and ate from ate ham and cheese sandwiches with soup and meatballs until the doctor arrived at his parents' house. Once the doctor arrived, she explained the procedure before telling Mark to get into bed and stay calm. Um, so this this whole concept of physician assisted suicide in the Netherlands is now not 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 only you know allowing death with dignity it's on demand it's on demand now in this situation the the patient requested it and i think it has to be requested by the patient um well this only goes to see how far the past christendom has fallen from christian grace and i will say that because what you have in America, you have a very large population of evangelicals and Christians who do not believe in euthanasia, mm-hmm. nor do they believe in abortion or any other one of those things that disallows God from choosing when a person will die. Now, if the government of the Netherlands will allow a person to choose their own day of death, it by the hand of a physician or not, that tells you that a once prosperous Christian continent has fallen out of grace. Well, it's it's fallen it's it's fallen into something. I don't. I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that it's fallen out of grace. But you know the I I have a hard time rallying against. Um, someone who has been diagnosed with terminal cancer that is in constant pain that knows that they are that that you know when the cancer eats its way all the way through their body because there's nothing they can do and they can't stop it you know giving giving them a way to die with dignity i have a hard time saying that the, that there's a problem with that concept but when when the when the battle is not with something that is terminal using a using the same method to to do this and having his parents present that irks me that that's just a to my mind the issue here is the fact that he would seek what is essentially state uh, approval of this when i think all that really should have been done was uh, sign a dnr and then down a few fifths of hard liquor of your choice I mean, to me, it's the involvement of the state that is the biggest issue. Yeah. Well, when you have the state who decides that God is dead, that the government is the Almighty, this is what results. To be honest with you, I'm drunk now. Mm. I'm pretty sure that Larry is on his way to there as well. I'm pretty sure that Hatton's 
going to be there pretty shortly. So, yeah, but but that's 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 a different conversation entirely, though. No, you, but you know, I don't think that any of the three of us will choose euthanasia tomorrow afternoon. No, we know that we have vices, and we're going to live by those vices. Yep. When you have been conditioned that your vices cannot be cured, so you will see a resolution. Yeah. Will just end everything. What is the threshold? I, well, I, would, I would say ultimately, it's it's uh, if if a person owns themselves, and this is a fundamental issue. If a person owns themselves, then they get to decide when they die. I think the real issue here is the fact that the state was involved in this at all, and this was essentially the guy clearly was suicidal, but but couldn't move himself to actually commit the act. The yeah. fact that others were there to help him is is the issue to discuss yeah it is um now we're 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 close to the we're 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 close to our uh end of time uh availability and i've got a a few more articles that i definitely want to get to um but i also want to bring in what charlie said in second life um she pointed out that uh marjorie wentz uh, is one of the people for whom, for whose death Dr. Kevorkian will stand trial. She was 58 years old, complained of pelvic pain. Not only was she not terminally ill, her autopsy showed she wasn't even physically ill. According to press accounts, she had deep emotional problems in her family, and doctors said that she had been abusing uh, Halcyon, a sleeping medication that some experts believe can cause suicidal Im- impulses. Um, despite this, in October 1991, Dr. Kevorkian helped her kill helped her uh, kill herself. Kevorkian's been dead for ten years now. Well, this this was from a 1995 article. Okay. So, but but, but regardless, so it's in the U.S. when people have tried to go this route, um, they've <laughs> the the doctors have have been held accountable for their violation. Um, uh, of their Hippocratic Oath. Did Kevorkian kill himself? I don't know if Kevorkian oh, killed himself. Coward. <laughs> um, All right, I'm sorry. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm better now. It's okay. You feel better? All right. Cite on the last article, in the Netherlands, there was a guy who applied for government-issued welfare because he was addicted to heavy metal music. So he couldn't work because he was chasing heavy metal bands around the country. <laughs> There's a job and for that. It's called raiding. He was granted welfare in that country. God. And that's where we don't want our kids to go. We, that's where we don't want our country to go. Um, it just just for um, brevity of time, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna unless any of you guys have something specific to say about. Uh, the uh, Durbin and Graham uh, crafting a bill to make the uh, Dreamer executive order law. Um, I'm going to jump to uh, Doug Ross's um, journal entry. Uh, and, and that is the, you know, it kind of speaks to that first article, and that is what's going to happen with Obamacare. Um, 
According to the New York Times, Republicans in Congress plan to move almost immediately next month to repeal the Affordable Care Act, as President-elect Donald J. Trump promised, but they are also likely to delay the effective date so they have several years to phase out President Obama's signature achievement. This emerging repeal and delay strategy, which Speaker Paul Ryan discussed this, this week with Vice President-elect Mike Pence, underscores a growing recognition that replacing the health care law will be technically complicated and could be politically explosive. You think? Um, yeah, that's... The fact that the Affordable Care Act, as it stands today, is not long for this world and, and you know, maybe maybe might need to, to apply for physician-assisted suicide um, is not a surprise. Um, but most people wanted repeal and replace or just repeal and fix other things. Um, it's, but it's not a, this one doesn't surprise me. I'll be glad because the paperwork is for this, for, for the Affordable Care Act is a nightmare. Um, but, uh, the, the, the fact that they're talking about, okay, phasing out things, you know, Hopefully, the first thing they'll phase out is is the amount of is the paperwork that's required. Last year, I know that that as employers were doing all the required paperwork and employees were doing all the uh, the required paperwork, the IRS had it all going to a warehouse to sit because they didn't have the people to review it. Um. Well, I still want to feel sorry for Barack Obama because I realized that he missed times in his golf game because he had to talk about dead soldiers sent overseas under his watch. So now that he's leaving the president in only 48 days, he can enjoy those tea times and have have to discuss dead American soldiers under his watch. So whatever happens between now and whenever Barack dies, I hope he has a long schedule of golf games between him and death. Other than that, as far as the Affordable Care Act, repeal that crap because that's nothing more than crap. No, and it's and it's one that it that is it may be Obama's signature achievement, but there's no sympathy for me um, with what happens to it because it was pushed through at a point in time when the American public was was vocal in their um in their request yeah. for it not to to be implemented and for it not to be passed. Nancy Pelosi said, Well we gotta pass it so we can read it. Mm-hmm. Remember those days? Oh yeah. Gotta well, gotta pass it so we can know what's in the bill. There are three times in American history where the Congress and the presidency voted push for universal health care the Democrats were thoroughly defeated. That would be 48, 94, and 2010. Yep. And what happened between 2010 and the current election cycle, the Democrats have pretty much lost their draws when it comes to having power in this country. Mm-hmm. So any time we talk about universal health care, even if it was implemented through a procedural error by the Democrats in 2009, 
it always bites back. So, how how much money each year is the uh, the healthcare industry worth? Billions, hundreds of billions. It's, it's billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. Now, you tell me what's how clever it would be to suddenly uh, put a stop check notice on hundreds of billions a year. Well, it's not going to put. Even stop, I know that it's it's not going to put a stop check on. It's not going to put a stop check on hundreds of billions a year. Repealing Obamacare, repealing okay. the Affordable Care Act, would change the Medicare impact, which is mm, that is that that is you know low hundreds, but the employer provided insurance. Um, and the 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 individual exchange markets, you know, it's not going to instantly terminate all of those policies. Those premiums are still going to flow. Those that that hasn't not changed. if they cancel the whole frickin' law. They've got to slice stuff out and say this is going to keep going, and that's going to keep going, and this is we're going to put a sunshine act uh, provision on this particular thing. They need to take their time to do it. And okay. two years is probably a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, it is. We are given given yeah. that our medical system has been being screwed up for at least eighty years, I'd say it's probably going to take a lot longer than two years. We are arguing this without the idea that there is a different plan owned by the Republicans, and there is a different plan. So once the Obamacare or Affordable Care Act is repealed, the other plan can go into place. And I have seen a lot of the things of that other plan. I have heard the numbers, and it would be more beneficial to America. Well, So it may take two years, but the only reason it will take that long is because you have a midterm in 2018. And you do not want to affect the outcome of the election. No, no. One, one little question. This, uh, this alternate plan, does it get rid of the FDA? No. Yeah. Then it's probably not going to work in the long run. Yeah, and you could smoke weed next Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Well, I as I said. I need to do that. I need to start smoking weed just so not everybody talks about. Just, just remember, there there are a lot of there are a lot more ways to consume it than smoking. There's no reason to draw massive amounts of combustion products into your lungs. That's just stupid. I, I do uh, like cookies. <laughs> All right. Well, it's it it sounds like we're we're getting into some exceptions of our own. So let's uh let's go ahead and wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. Uh, it's great to be back doing the show, and uh, thank you for your patience as we uh, as we took some some needed time off. Um, we will be uh, working on the Facebook page more, um, doing more of the live videos. Um, if you haven't yet, I, I'm going to ask you go if you're on Facebook, go facebook.com slash front porch political talk, like the Facebook page. Um, that lets us know that you're there uh, and that you're listening. Uh, if you're listening on Red State Talk Radio or Lanterns Buzz or uh, any other um, any other podcast or uh, you know, delayed delivery method, uh, send your comments to uh, to us via email at conservativepodcast at gmail dot com. Um, it, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Um, 
if you liked what you heard, blog about us, tell five of your friends, follow us on Facebook. Uh, if you didn't like what you heard, well, you know what? We will be back next week, and we do invite you to join us. Um, we will probably hear different words in a different order. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Good night, Chuck. Trump is going to fire you, but right side, you could file for unemployment for the next 99 weeks. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.